Lord, we pour out our praise to you. You gave us these lungs. You gave us this breath. We give our breath back to you through the expression of praise. You are worthy of all glory, all honor, and all praise. We enter into your gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise. And we declare you are God and you are worthy. May you be glorified in everything said and done here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Good to be here. Amen. Hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday with your family. And uh, I hope that you've had enough time since then that the tryptophan has cleared the system. You're ready to worship, hear the word of the Lord. I stopped one bite short of gluttony. Amen. I didn't sin. I came close. <laughs> came close. Uh, the, uh, the, I, I just love Thanksgiving. I just love the time of year. I, uh, everything about it. Uh, I love just being with my family. It's such a sweet time. But, uh, you know, that, as I said a few weeks ago, the attitude of gratitude is one in which it is a weapon in the hands of a, of a child of God. And so we need, to, we, we need to move past Thanksgiving and continue with the gratitude for the Lord. Amen? Amen. Well, uh, I think I was 13, as best I can remember. I think I was 13. We received a phone call one night. And uh, uh, I received a phone call as a 13-year-old. I never got phone calls at 13. And uh, so I, I said, well, who in the world would be calling me? I mean, all the women, you know, they don't know my number. So, <laughs> and so uh, and Mama said, Mr. Dio wants to talk to you. Well, I knew who, who that was. That's Dio Parisi on the little gas station, grocery store, whatever store down the at the highway, and she said, Mr. Deal wants to talk to you. I was like, mm. I'm like, trying to think, what have I done lately? <laughs> and I uh, said, so, okay, so I, I talked to him. So he wanted me to work for him. He wanted me to haul watermelons with him. I said, absolutely, because I could either work home, at home for Dad and get paid nothing or go work for Mr. Dio. So I started hauling melons at 13. Every summer I'd haul watermelons, and, and there was a... I, I, I bet I've heard him a hundred times say this phrase, slow down, boys. See, he talked funny because they cut off part of his lip from dipping snuff all those years. He had a, he had a hole in the floor of his pickup truck, two-tone green four-wheel drive pickup. That's how I learned how to drive in the sand in a watermelon patch. And he had a hole in the floor he'd just spit right through, right down into the, <laughs> spit right through the floor. And we'd, we'd drop a watermelon, he'd say, Slow down, boys. We got more time than money. And I bet I've heard him say that a hundred times. Well, if we were to move from the slow-paced, hard-working farmer to the fast-paced, hard-working businessman, he would say, time is money. And you know what? Something that would agree with both the farmer and the businessman is that there is a connection between time and money. The scriptures agree with that, that there is a connection between time and money. And so we're going to look in Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going to talk today about redeeming the time. Here it says in chapter 5, verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Would everybody agree with that, the days are evil? And just seem to get crazier all the time? 
And, and so the scripture said, and this was 2,000 years ago, Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus that we need to be about redeeming the time. So what is it to redeem? Well, you can take your Strong's Concordance and, and look up this verse of scripture and, and, and look up that word redeem. And here's, what, here's the definition of Strong's. By payment, money, by payment of a price to recover from the power of another, to ransom or buy off. Isn't that interesting? To, to redeem is to pay for something to get it back. To pay for something to get it back. And so to, by payment of a price to recover from the power of another to ransom or buy off. And then, and then here is the description on this verse of scripture, redeeming time because the days are evil. To make wise and sacred use. To make wise and sacred. Everybody say sacred. sacred. What does this mean to make sacred use of time? In other words, change it into God's time. Now I'm going to use it for spiritual purposes to make wise and sacred use of every opportunity for doing good so that zeal and well-doing are, as it were, the purchase price by which we make this time our own. So that, I know that's a long definition, but what it is saying is, is that we can take the moment that we're living in and the next moment, and the next moment, and the next moment. And, and we use it for sacred purposes, using it for kingdom purposes. Amen? God's kingdom purposes. So in redeeming the time, we need to take each moment and live it in a sacred way, in a, in a way that we say, yeah, I'm going to take what was the devil's, and I'm going to give it back to God where it rightfully belongs. Amen? I want to re- continue to read this verse of Scripture. We're going to... Uh, but first we're going to look at something else. I need us to understand this, that we are a redeemed people. You've been bought and paid for. If you're a child of God, Jesus said, do you not know that you've been, you've been bought with a price in Galatians chapter three, verse 13, Christ has redeemed us. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So he took the curse upon himself in order to purchase our salvation in order to set us free. Amen. 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 So we're redeemed people. And that, that should get somebody excited. We're redeemed people. We no longer are in the slave market of sin, but we've been bought and paid for and liberated and set free. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. But it, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Now, obviously, you you have to know this means also daughters. All right? Sons and daughters. And so, but but to keep things simple, we talk about sonship, meaning this relationship. And so I want to keep on reading. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son, capital S, into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ Jesus. Amen. Anybody got a big inheritance waiting on you? I don't. I ain't got no, (laughs) not an earthly one, but I have a heavenly one. Amen. Because I'm an heir of the heavenly father. And, and, and through Jesus Christ, I've been made a son of God. And it's awesome to know that 
the Son of God became a Son of Man so that us as men and women can become children of God. Amen. That's what the cross is all about. And as we look at this, that word keeps popping up over and over again. Verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 13, Christ has redeemed us. Chapter 4, verse 5, to redeem those who were under the law. Now, and here's this other word. We should look at this real quick. To redeem those who were under the law, this is chapter 4, verse 5, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Sometimes, uh, sometimes young people develop a little bit of a stigma if they have been adopted because they might feel that they were unwanted and the exact opposite is true when they begin to understand that no somebody who actually knew me made a choice to bring me into their family someone you know someone I couldn't help the way my boys turned out I mean they were just born the way they were I'm sorry <laughs> no, I got awesome young men. They were both up here on the platform, and my, my new daughter in love is up here on the platform, and I'm a very grateful dad. But to adopt somebody, you know them beforehand, and you choose them. You choose them. Say, I, I choose you. I'm going to pick you over everybody else that I could pay. I'm going to pick you. And then the, the expense that it takes to adopt somebody and to bring them into your family. It's like you're worth the, the price that I have to pay, the, the headache that I have to go through. You're worth all of that and then some. I choose you. And then to go even further, the, and it's the same way today in the state of Texas, the great state of Texas, as it was all the way back in the Bible times, a, an adoption is more legally binding than actual birth. That's crazy. I could, I could actually disown my own son. But if I had adopted a son, I could, and I know that to be true because one of my best friends has adopted children and he's also had children, but he could more easily uh, disown his two birth children than he could, he cannot disown his adopted children. That's today. And it goes back to the scriptures as well. You chose them. You made legal agreement to, to pick them, and now they are your child. And here's what the scripture says. To redeem those who were under the law that he might receive the adoption of son. Here's one very cool thing. There's three ways that you can be a part of a family. Number one, you can be born into it. And I've been born again a child of God. Amen? That's one way. Number two, you can be adopted into it. And I have been adopted, as this scripture says, as a child of God. Amen? Anybody getting excited yet? All right, what's the third way that you can be part of the family? I already talked to you about my daughter in love, Miss Emily up here, who is now a part of my family. You can be married into it. And so this church of Jesus Christ is the bride of Christ. We've been married into the family of God. That's a binding agreement. Amen. That's good. Somebody will get excited. I don't know. Good night. This is good stuff. So we are a redeemed people. And we have been tasked with the job of, as redeemed people, redeeming things. As kingdom people, he said, I want you kingdom people to be redeeming the time. Because these days are evil. Take every opportunity and use it for sacred use to take back what Satan has stolen and bring it back into kingdom purposes. The, the best way that I know how to describe this, the best way I know how to explain it is, is involved in, uh, it's associated with tithes and offerings. The Lord downloaded this on me here uh, maybe a year ago. 
and that you can redeem your finances. Now, I said that this time and money, they're associated, but you can redeem your finances. In that, uh, just look at it this way. Money is out there circulating around in the world system, correct? And so it gets spent in all sorts of crazy ways and some of them very wicked and sinful ways. So money's just out there circulating around in the world system. But when I take that money that passes through these hands and I say, no, I'm going to put them in kingdom use and kingdom work. Now I have removed it from the circulation of the world system and I have put it into the circulation of the kingdom system. Amen. Amen. Everybody getting what I'm laying down? Y'all picking up what I'm putting? All right, so I, I, I take out of the world system, I put in the kingdom system as I put it in my tithes and offerings. And so now I have made my finances blessable. Just like with the feeding of the 5,000, they had to put that bread and fish into Jesus' hands before they could be multiplied. When it comes to tithes and offerings, when you take that tenth of your income and you, you redeem it, take it and put it in God's kingdom works, now it has blessed the whole. You got that? The other 90%. And then when you get excited about seeing God multiply his blessings on top of blessings when it comes to your finances, then you, you say, I, I, 10% ain't enough. I'm gonna, I want to see more blessings come in. Giving is the most tangible way to experience God. I mean, when I say tangible, I mean in your hand, tangible way. And I'm not preaching some prosperity gospel. I'm preaching the truth of God's word. You put your finances into kingdom's work, and you're going to see him bless that. That's the truth of it. And I know that this is a dangerous time to be preaching about this, because here we are between Thanksgiving and Christmas, in which the American way, spend yourself into such debt that you now have New Year's resolutions come January 1st. I'm going to do better this year. I'm not going to spend so much on Christmas. I'm going to do better. But I want to just tell you something. Anything that we take out of the world system, including time, relationships, all of our resources, and put it in the kingdom of God work, now God can bless that. And he does bless that. I promise you he blesses that. If you've never understood the joy of giving, give it a try sometime. The Lord says, and the only place he says, test me, is in this. Test me in this. And so that's the business of redeeming it, taking it out of that system, that circulation, putting it into another circulation. And so if the devil's been using your time, how about take that time and redeem it? How many of us have, don't raise your hand on this one, how many of us have broken relationships from the past that the devil got into that relationship and it is now in the past and those bridges are burnt. Do you know that God can redeem those two? He can redeem those two. And, and, and he has tasked us with that job. So I want to look again at Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 16. And then we're going to jump over there. And we're going to look in Colossians. So Ephesians 5, let's actually look at verse 15. We're going to look at all the passages around that redeeming the time passage. See then that you walk circumspectly. Not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Amen. Last week, out there in the pine trees, I preached on one verse of scripture, and it said, Be thankful in all things, for this is the will of God for you. That's the will of the Lord. So it says, redeeming the time because the days of evil, therefore do not be unwise, but, be, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, which is 
dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Brother Yancey, while I was going on my sabbatical, got up here on Wednesday nights and he taught about the filling of the Holy Spirit and why we need it. Why do we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And, and I know it was a God revelation that God gave Brother Yancey as he's been seeking the answer to that question for years. And here's the purpose of the filling of the Holy Spirit. For the purpose of ministry. It's for the pouring out. It's not for you to get warm, fuzzy feelings. It's for you to be empowered to do the work of the ministry. And so this is what the scripture says. You need to be empowered to do the work of the ministry if we're going to redeem the time. Amen. You'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 19, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always. And then this next word might mess you up if you were here last Sunday. Because I said last Sunday, when that verse of Scripture that I preached on, it says, give thanks in all things. And I said, aren't you glad it doesn't say for all things? And now here we are today and says for all things i actually knew this verse of scripture was here before i preached last sunday and i don't ever want to cause people to to question the trustworthiness of the scripture so I, i i'm very hesitant in explaining this but i'm going to explain this because this is important that word for f-o-r in the greek is hooper that's what it means, hooper, that's how it's said in the Greek, hooper. And in English, we get the word hyper from that Greek word hooper. Does hyper mean for? Now, I think our translators trying to fit this difficult word into English may have got a little lazy on this one word. And I think it's important to understand it. Hyper means what? Someone is above, beyond, over the top. That's exactly what it means in Greek, hooper. It means above, beyond, over the top, not for. It means that even in the circumstances that may not be worthy of thanksgiving, we can have the attitude of gratitude that rises above those circumstances. Amen? I, I have family members been murdered. Can I give thanks to God for that? Well, what kind of, who could? Who could? But with an attitude of gratitude, I can rise above that garbage and say, but I still thank God. He's still good. I'm still thankful even in those circumstances. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so when we look at this business of redeeming, now that I've kind of taken a dirt track, let's go back to it. Let's go back to it. It says, redeeming the times, verse 16, because the days are evil, therefore do not be unwise. Why? Because... The lost world is unwise in regards to these scriptures, but you've been born again. You're a child of God. So therefore, be understanding what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. In other words, let our conversation be sacred. Let it be Christ-centered. Let it, let it be something holy. Let, how we talk to one another. And that's how we can redeem the time. And if I get back on the right page, I can keep going. Verse 20, giving thanks always for all things to God. Having thanksgiving is a way that I can redeem the time. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then 21, submitting to one another in the fear of, a God, in the fear of God is another way that I can redeem the time. It's through this submitting to one another. 
to, to putting your preference over my preferences and to say you're of, of value to me. Now I'm going to hop over to Colossians chapter 4. And, and we just read Ephesians. And what was that phrase? Redeeming the time. Now here we are in Colossians chapter 4 and verse 5. And here's verse 5. It says, walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Same word. Different book of the Bible. Even a different setting. And yet very similar in saying, when it comes to our relationships... Let's take what Satan wants to destroy and redeem it for the, ter- the, the sake of the kingdom. Amen. Let's use it for the sake of the kingdom, redeeming the time, because these days are evil. And so let's take what Satan would love to, to use for his benefit, and let's bring them into kingdom practice and, and, and use them for God's benefit. So I think my mic is way hot. So... Walking in wisdom forward to, uh, toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech. Uh, let's go back to verse 2. Continuing earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with what? There's that word again. It continues to show up over and over and over again. Continuing earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word. Now, I'm going to read this and come back and explain it. Praying also for us that God would open up a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. So Paul, the great missionary, greatest missionary of all time, most of the New Testament was written by Paul, is writing to a church in Colossae and says, hey, I'm locked up. I'm locked up because I've been preaching the gospel. They, They imprisoned me. I'm now wearing shackles and chains. But while I'm locked up, here's what I want you to pray for, that I get opportunities to share the gospel with people. And that also pray that I have the boldness to share the gospel when I get the opportunity. That's what Paul is saying. Now, anybody ever in here been locked up for being a Christian? I got close one time. <laughs> they got me to the jail cell. I was over in Africa, and uh, I got real close, and they turned us loose. Praise God. I might still be in there. I don't know. And so I, I, I ain't never, nobody's ever in here. We don't, I don't ever shed, I've never shed blood for the gospel. I've never been hit one time for being a Christian. Some of you may have, I, but I haven't. Here's Paul. I don't know what his situation, how I would react in his situation. He has been beaten. He's been beaten half to death. He's been left for dead. He's been stoned. He's had all of these things happen to him for sharing the gospel. And now he has been imprisoned, wrongfully imprisoned. He says, I need y'all to pray for me that I get to share the gospel more. (laughs) And here's why. He says, these days are evil. And I need to take the time that I do have and I need to use it for kingdom purposes. Amen. Man, this is good. So, so let me go back to uh, uh, Colossians chapter 4 and look at verse 6. Here's how he, he says in verse 5, redeeming the time. Verse 6, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. He says, let every one of us be mindful of how we talk to people. 
Let us be mindful of how we talk to people. And so going back again to the previous verses of Scripture, let's look at, um, 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 we need to go all the way back to verse 2. Continuing earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us that, that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I'm also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. As a child of God, you have the ability, you have the opportunity, you have the obligation to take those things that are heavenly, those things that are spiritual, and bring them down to earth. And that's the word manifest. That I may take those things that are invisible and I make them visible. You have the ability to do that? Absolutely. When you take the character and the principles and the truths of God's word and you live them out in your daily life and you speak them out in your conversation, you are manifesting the truth of God's word into this world. Paul says we need to be doing that. That's how we're going to redeem this time. That's how we're going to take it from the circulation of the enemy and bring it into kingdom circulation. Amen? Y'all need to get more excited than that. How many of y'all, don't, don't raise your hand either on this one because you might have them sitting close to you. How many of you had to share a Thanksgiving uh, lunch or dinner with as you do? In the first service, I said, with a liberal, but I didn't say that this service. <laughs> this world show going crazy. <laughs> I don't know if y'all remember that uh, Three Stooges episode. Uh, when the Three Stooges wired, they were supposed to come in as plumbers, and they hooked the plumbing up to the, the electrical conduit, and it hit the light switch, and water comes squirting out. <laughs> and there was a guy in that house, and he said this, this house show going crazy. <laughs> that's, that's my favorite episode, Three Stooges. Every morning, 7 a.m., Channel 11, Slam Bang Theater. I loved it. <laughs> but this world show going crazy. And maybe you had to sit down at a Thanksgiving meal with someone who did not have the same views as you do, and they thought that men could get pregnant and there were more than two genders and all this crazy garbage, and, and maybe you had to sit down with them, uh, and, and whew, how'd you handle that? How'd you handle that? Well, it's a struggle, isn't it? Like, y'all crazy. Y'all crazy. And, and yet here's what Paul says to us. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. And it is regards to those who are on the outside. If we back up to verse 5, walk in wisdom towards those who are on the outside. Outside of what? Outside the family of God. Remember, you've been adopted. You've been bought with a prize. You've been brought in. You've been declared a son or a daughter of, of God because Jesus Christ has paid the price for you. But there are those who have not yet. And Paul says, we want them in the family. And so rather than being an obnoxious jerk of a Christian who is just always in somebody's face and, and, and you feel like you've got to be proven right rather than helping them get right, he said, don't do that. Don't do that. You're going to push them away from the truth of God's word rather than bring them in. He said, but y'all pray for me that I'll have opportunity to manifest the truth of God's word and I can redeem the time and given every opportunity to minister to someone and bring them out of the circulation of the world, bring them into the kingdom that I'd redeem the time with them. Amen. Amen. 
Hey, man, that's hard to, that's hard to do sometimes. But when we take every moment and we use it for sacred use, now all of a sudden, wait, my time is not my time. My time is his time. My lungs are given to me by him. His breath was given, he gave me his breath, and now my breath is his. And so let's redeem the time. I want to wrap it up with this. By the way, you know when a preacher's lying, it's when he says, in conclusion, he's, he's lying. <laughs> but I'm going to give you a, a simple little four points about redeeming time. Time is precious. Is it not? If you have been given limited time, the doctor says you only have so much. Now all of a sudden you know how precious time is. Now I know that, that we, we, we've used the phrase of buying time. You really can't, can you? No, you see people that will try. They will use every dollar they have to have a little more time with their family and their loved ones. But here, here's the four things with time. T, time, T, treasure it. Treasure your time. Don't waste it. Treasure it. Because it is, it's precious. It's something special. And, and the, the hour that we had an hour ago, you don't get that back. It's not coming back. It's not coming back. So treasure your time. When you treasure it, when you see it as something valuable, it, it, it affects how you treat it. So treasure your time. Number two, I invest it. Invest your time. Don't waste your time. Invest your time. In other words, if, uh, if I were a businessman, I want to, if I'm an investor, I want to put my money where I'm going to get the most ROI, return on investment. Everybody understand that, right? I want to invest wisely. I'm going to put my money where I'm going to get the most back. If I'm going to invest my time, I'm going to put my time where I'm going to get the most return. I'm going to spend time with that fatherless boy because with him, uh, uh, being, me, me spending my time with him, I may change the course of his life and the next generation and the next generation. I'm going to spend time with my loved ones. I'm going to spend it. I'm not going to waste it. I'm going to spend it wisely. I'm going to invest it. Amen? Amen? Number three, M, manage your time. Manage your time. Just as a budget to finance, as a budget, how's it go, Colton? A budget tells your money where to go rather than wonder where it went. Budget will tell your money where to go rather than wonder where it went. A schedule will tell you how to manage your time rather than your schedule manage you. Manage it. It's important to, to know where you're spending time, and, uh, otherwise you're just wasting it. So manage your time. Manage it wisely. And then finally, E, the fourth point. Anybody got any idea what that should be? Enjoy it. Enjoy it. I know a lot of Christians walk around look like they've been weaned on pickle juice. Don't let that be you. No, you're a bad advertisement for Jesus if you look like you just just all sucked up all the time. Like you've been drinking communion wine with green persimmons. Some of y'all ain't as country as I am. You don't even know what that means, but it'll draw you up. I'm going to tell you something. You had to whistle. Anyway. <laughs> Enjoy your time. How many times have we heard this phrase? Each moment 
Today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. It's a present. It's a gift. Enjoy it. You're meant to enjoy it. And so this time that you've been given, rather than, 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 than not see the value of it, rather than waste it, rather than, than and then using it in, in ways that aren't of any value, how about we treasure it, invest it, manage it, and enjoy it? Yeah. Better yet, let's just redeem it. Say, I'm going to use it for kingdom purposes. All of these passages of Scripture happen to have something to do with relationships. Every one of us has had Satan steal relationships. He's got in the middle of your relationship and you've got some broken ones in your past. But why not, why not seek the Lord to redeem them and bring them into kingdom relationships? Why not uh, do what these scriptures tell us and, 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 and season every word that we have with His grace how, how about we, we, if we recognize the value of the relationship like we do the value of time, then maybe we would handle them more carefully. But as a child of God, we've been called into relationships with one another. Remember that passage, submitting to one another? I, I wanna, I wanna, I've already preached on um, what it is to redeem our time. But I'm gonna, and, that, and that one passage, to those who are outside... And you don't have this verse of Scripture, sister, so I'm going to just throw one in here. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Galatians 6.10. So if you have relationships on the outside of the family of God, you can redeem those. But especially if you have relationships on the inside of the family of God, Let's redeem those as well. Amen. Because in relationships, every, what is, the, what is the, 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 the thing that is absolutely eternal? All of the things of this world is not. The things of this world are not eternal. They will rust, they will fade, they will be broken down and whatever. Relationships are eternal. People are eternal. Souls are eternal. And so let's redeem the time through the working of relationships. Amen. There's one relationship that brought you into the family of God. We're going to take communion together. The scripture says, do you not know that you're not your own? That you've been bought with a price. Jesus Christ has purchased us. He has redeemed us. He has bought us off the slave market of the devil and liberate us into salvation Lord Jesus, thank you that you came in the flesh to rescue those of us who are merely flesh. From heaven, you came to earth. The Son of God came to man in order that men and women might become children of God. And then beyond that, as a child of God, you have given us opportunity to see heaven manifested in us healing of our physical being, the healing of our finances, the healing of relationships. The truth of God's word works so mighty in every facet of our lives. And we thank you, O oh God, that that came through the cross, the work of the cross. And so, Lord Jesus, we look to you. We look to you for the fulfillment of all of these things. Dr. Phil don't got it. Oprah don't got it. Facebook don't got it. 
we look to you, Lord Jesus. And we say thank you. You are the answer to all of our needs. And we trust you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And thank you, Lord, that you didn't stop short, but you went all the way to giving your life on behalf of ours. And through you we have salvation. Thank you, Lord. And we love you too. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.